Today's episode of Birds with Friends is presented by the Salvation Army. Your donations can help those affected by COVID-19 find help and hope. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to the Salvation Army or make your gift at SalvationArmyUSA.org. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing, Sheila, and the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still, Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell, shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2020 Birds with Friends pre-draft extravaganza, Bo Wolf. Here in my basement, Sheila Kapadia and Zach Bourbon there in theirs. Sheil, how are you? Let's get to it. Zach, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, all things considered. Happy that it's draft week and excited for what's ahead here. Guys, I learned two very interesting things today. The first thing, uh, both of these things surprised me. The first thing is that, um, I didn't know this, the Atlanta Falcons have fans and what surprised me even more, they can read. What's the joke? What's what's the, uh, <laughs> what's the reference so to? We've got a lot to get to uh, on this show. We've got <laughs> yeah, the owl. I, I agree with that. Yeah, let's get to that. Yeah. We've, got, we've got the owl, you know, draft. <laughs> we've got some bird lines. We're going to talk about our final mock drafts. But I do want to start with uh, with this wide receiver thing, which – Nobody needs to know that uh, there were people yelling at me in my mentions about uh, Calvin Ridley, but um, I did go through this this you know this exercise of grouping the wide receivers from the last you know ten plus drafts into buckets, which I sort of touched on in the Howie Roseman um, mm-hmm. history piece that was on the Athletic, which you can read of course at theathletic.com and forty percent off theathletic.com slash birds with friends. But uh, I want to know if you guys think that these buckets change your opinion at all about this wide receiver class that we have talked uh, so much about. So can I, can I take you through it? Were you going to give us like all the numbers and everything? I don't know if that's good podcasting. Yeah. I'm going to give you all the numbers. So well, you just give us some conclusions. Well, I'm going to just let me finish. I'll try to go through it quickly. <laughs> you don't have to be the curmudgeon, you know, two minutes into the podcast. Let, let's uh, let, let the stuff wear on Wait till I get to the fourth thing of re- repeating numbers before you tell me it's bad podcasting. Uh, so, you know, I have talked about these, these are, uh, you know, caveats up front. These are very arbitrary, uh, sliding scale benchmarks, but it is, is the, is the player an underclassman and, uh, redshirt juniors don't count uh, because it's not about age necessarily. It's about, you know, was this player good enough to make an impact right away? Uh, was this player productive in college? Meaning did he have at least 1000 yard season? And then the last thing is, did he run fast? And fast is very uh, loosely graded here as a 4-5 or better. So these are all the players who were drafted in the first and second rounds from 2009 to 2018. 
uh, guys who were young, productive, and fast, who checked all three boxes. There were 13 hits, and hits are defined as had a thousand yard season, and busts are defined as didn't, and 19, or, and nine who didn't. So a pretty good hit rate. Not a great hit rate, but then there are a few guys who are still young. And this is the bucket for Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, and Jalen Rager. Those three guys check all three boxes. Uh, this was one of the most surprising things to me. This is the bucket for the guys who were young and productive, but not necessarily fast. So they ran over a 4-5 in the pre-Jeff process. And the numbers here are very good. 12 out of 15 hit. And that is for C.D. Lamb. LaVisca Chenault and T. Higgins. So that's good news for Zach. LaVisca Chenault, uh, looking good for him. Uh, what is not good news, and this is the other, uh, big learn, is that if you are productive and fast, but not an underclassman, so if you are a senior and you check the other two boxes, that is bad news. It is one hit out of 15, and that is the bucket for Denzel Mims. And so, uh, let's, let's slow it up on, on Denzel Mims a little bit. Um, and then the other one is young and fast, not productive. That's Henry Ruggs and KJ Hamler. And that's not a great track record either. And so it makes me question a little bit Henry Ruggs. I mean, we've asked the question about why was he not productive, but th- this is one hit out of six. And then uh, there are a few other buckets that I won't bother you with, except uh, Brandon Ayuk and Michael Pittman are in the uh, only productive bucket. And that is a two out of six guys hit. Anything changed in your mind or what did I... Uh, really just drone on too long, and that was terrible podcasting. I like the piece. I think there is um, circumstantial things, uh, or situational, I, I guess, is a better word for it, that must be taken into account, especially when looking at the statistical analysis. Um, so in the case of, of, of college receivers especially, you need to consider the uh, system that they're in, you, you need to consider who else is on the team with them. You need to consider the quarterback. I, I think there's a lot of variables at, at play when it comes to those guys. Well, first of all, I'm not peddling it as like some kind of, uh, you know, big analytics thing. This is very, uh, very sloppy and very binary, but it, it jumps out I to me. I think it was it, sloppy. It, it, yeah. it is maybe not that difficult to group these guys uh, into who might be successful, but uh, that's okay. All but right. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, enough of that, then. Let's get to uh, let's get to the action. We have each gotten our uh, seven round mock drafts submitted to the editors for tomorrow. We haven't seen each other's, but uh, we have gone through the process. Tell me what the process was like for you guys, and and just without even giving away who you're picking, what you decided to do in round one. Why don't we start with you, Zach? Yeah. So, it, as as far as the process here. I was really looking at how I expect those those first twenty picks uh, to fall, and uh, I think I'm in the minority on this call here or or this podcast. I could be wrong, but I don't anticipate there being a run on wide receivers early on. Perhaps as 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 much as well. I I know you think Bowen, uh, and, and we'll hear from Shield too. Uh, I think there's going to be a, a run on offensive tackles and quarterbacks early. And, well, I, I guess more offensive tackles and quarterbacks. I, I don't know about Jordan Love right now. Um, but I think that could push uh, a wide receiver the Eagles like that on the board. And it, it makes me more confident that sitting at, at, at 21, uh, they'll be able to 
pick one of the four. Now, I, I, I could be wrong, and they could trade back, um, but that was really kind of in, informative for me. So when you say a run on tackles, how many tackles are we talking? Because I went through the process. I had four tackles going in the top 14, but I still have the receivers going off the board as well. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so I, I think four, uh, certainly, with an outside chance of five. Okay. And you still and think they, that's that's going to push those guys down? I don't know. Maybe there's there there must be other guys you have in there uh, who who are helping push things down. Yeah. Uh, so I think that there are some some teams there that uh, uh, I would say, for instance, I've I've read speculation that perhaps Arizona drafts a wide receiver, and I I don't I think that would be an an, an offensive tackle there, or maybe even a defensive player if if Brown slips or Simmons slips. Um, and, and you, you, you go on into, into the teens, uh, Miami, for instance, that's, that's a, a team that's considered a sweet spot for a, a wide receiver. They have three picks. Uh, I think that's more likely to be quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. Is so, that a team you have going wide receiver? Uh, it is not a team I have okay. going, well, well, I have them trading. I have, I have, them, I have Miami doing okay. some weird stuff, but, uh, I do not right, have yeah, them. I, uh, yeah, I didn't pick trades, so yeah. Oh so, yeah, so, so I love to do these fake harder. trades. I'll I'll put out okay. my uh, my ridiculous mock draft uh, on Twitter tomorrow. But um, the one thing that that I think is a problem about just talking about staying at twenty one is even if you think that maybe you can sit there, the the Eagles have painted them. We've talked about this a lot, but they mm-hmm. have painted themselves into this box where they have a target on their back for anybody who wants a receiver and likes a specific receiver. They just have to get it in front of the Eagles, and so. My like, I, I did not mock this scenario because I think the receivers are going to go uh, a little bit earlier than people expect, and the Eagles are going to be stuck missing out on the top four. But I think the most likely scenario is that they trade up like two or three spots uh, just to ward off someone else from trading in front of them, and then drafting Justin Jefferson. That is what I think is the if I was uh, allotting my turkeys on scenarios, a trade up for Justin Jefferson would have the most turkeys for me. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, and, and, and for, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but no, I mean, we you had, say you're not an, giving away the whole kit and caboodle an athletic mock draft. And, and that's exactly what you did. You traded that is what I did. Yes. Justin Jefferson. Yes. And what um, happened was, uh, the Patriots traded up to the Cowboys spot at 17 to take Henry Ruggs because certainly the Cowboys are probably not going to trade with the Eagles. Uh, and so then, the next spot at eighteen, I, I decided that Howie Roseman would would uh, scoop up there, and he. I think I just gave up two fourth round picks, so that's a, that's a pretty reasonable deal, I think. Sure, sure, and they can always trade back in the second round to recuperate picks lost. I, yeah, that's a, a a plausible scenario for me, and and I I do think if if they trade up, they're more likely to trade up like three to five spots as opposed to trading up to. Maybe the, the the ten to twelve range. Uh, now I do I th- think I think that'll be too rich. I think that's too rich too. Uh, and we've talked about Judy and Lamb. I think I would do that. I would give up the second uh, for Judy. But I think if they're as far as they can get up without giving up the second round pick, I think that's as far as they. I, I, I think they're willing to go up that far. Does that make sense? It does. So so essentially, you're saying the first and the second would would be the most they would pay they're not sacrificing oh, I, I actually don't pick. think that they will pay oh, the you don't, second okay round but pick. that's the most you would give up i would give that up for judy or lamb 
But okay. I think that they are willing to go up as high as, you know, a third and a fourth would get them as as much as they can give up without giving up a second. Uh, because as you have pointed out, I think uh, they are likely to do in the second round whatever the opposite is of what they did in round one. Yeah. Can, yes, every, why, can yeah, everyone hear me? Oh, he's Gee, back. Yes. Yeah, we were filibustering without you. Yeah, we're I getting apologize. into very, very into the into the weeds on the first round scenarios. Uh, yeah, I don't know the the internet here, the connection. Obviously, this is a first world problem, but it has turned a bit of a bobo uh, connection here mm. in the last uh, just in time for the draft. Just yeah, how far do you live from Howie, right? Yeah, just in time for our uh, nightly pods at uh, 1 a.m. So hopefully uh, the the worst is behind us. So I didn't even get to respond to Bo's opening. People probably think I came in, I was really mean, and then I like didn't even respond. I just cut out. That's so on brand. Not- I don't know if you want me to respond to that now or if you've already moved on. I don't want to interrupt the uh If the you have something to say, by all means, get it off your chest. Well, I thought the piece was great. I think everyone should go and uh, and read it on The Athletic. I like you dove into every position. It helped uh, shape some of my mock draft thoughts. It helped shape some of uh, the exercise we're going to do here today. And in terms of the wide receivers, uh, you've been all over this for a couple of years in terms of production really mattering. And, you know, there were different takeaways you can take from your piece, certainly. Um, you know, the sample size, sample is not huge, but uh, I think there are things in there that are meaningful. And that's sort of my uh, biggest takeaway is that if a guy, uh, you know, sucked for three years in college, um, you know, obviously you take the other factors into account that Zach mentioned, but, uh, you know, there's a kind of a very low probability that he's going to come into the NFL and be a much better player. And I would, I think it's uh, the underclassman thing is also very important. The speed is the least important of the three. But if you are uh, if you are an underclassman and productive, then uh, I'm I'm more likely to be in. There you go. Okay. I have two quick anecdotes from around the league that, uh, as she was talking about, his 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 Ooh, internet like going out. Just like you, uh, ear to the grindstone. You've got some. Uh, you got some I, good I wish it was ear to the stories. grindstone. It's okay. it's 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 more just reading different accounts from these um, press conferences that the GMs have had. Uh, but while we're discussing. The, uh, the internet going out. Uh, Bob Quinn, the Lions general manager is having their IT director in a Winnebago in his driveway throughout the entire draft. Um, in case there's any types of, uh, problems. Uh, that I thought you would like that. Like exactly what I would expect coming then, from that organization. Ryan Pace had, so he has a, a whole setup in like his, in his dining room, I believe. And the other day, it all went out because um, his wife was vacuuming and pulled out <laughs> and pulled out one of the plugs. So, uh, based on 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 like these anecdotal on 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 the anecdotal evidence, um, who knows? If what's only that had happened on, on, three years ago, <laughs> and he could blame he could blame Mitch Trubisky on his wife. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, these guys live in such a bubble. It's like you throw them into any, and these aren't like extenuating circumstances, you know? <laughs> yeah. These are like, they're, pro, they're in, you know, I don't know, 5,000 square foot homes with, uh, you know, with internet and everything else. And it's just like the world is tossed into chaos. They're the only ones in America who, you know, kept their job, but can't figure out how to make it work by working remotely. It's going to be fun. I am very excited for the draft. So, uh, Sheil, Zach and I were talking about just the process of going through our own mock drafts um, and, like, working through what's going to happen in the first 20 picks. Tell us what that was like for you. 
Or did you just no, stick you're assuming complete, that I uh, yeah, did you just stick yeah. completely with <laughs> what you did the other such day? An exercise. <laughs> uh you mean in terms of me figuring out who was gonna be there for the Eagles? Yeah, and like deciding if the Eagles were gonna move up, stay or, or move down. Yeah, no, I, I did go through that exercise in my in my piece last week. So I did mostly, you know, that's kind of my thinking. I think uh, you know, one thing that did help is I looked at these um odds from uh William Hill. Uh, the sports book. And, you know, that's a good sort of market indicator. And I think they had the over-unders for when C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy are going to be picked. I think it was at 12 and a half for each of those guys. And then Henry Ruggs, I believe, was 14 and a half. And Justin Jefferson was 21 and a half. So uh, I continue to believe that, uh, you know, that sweet spot in between like 11 and 16, where you have the Jets, the Raiders, the 49ers and the Broncos. I think all those teams could be in the market for a wide receiver. And I think unless you uh, jump at least, uh, you know, two of those teams, then there's a, a solid chance that you're not going to get one of those top three guys. I think the Broncos even could trade up higher than they are at 16 to get one of those wide receivers. And then Justin Jefferson is kind of the wild card of will he be there at 21 or not? If I were a, a betting man right now, I would say no. I don't know if it would be a team that's already right in front of the Eagles or a team that might trade up to get him. But I think He's a guy that as more coaches have gotten involved and they see the route running and, you know, he's got the the measurables and he tested really well. Like there's not a lot of holes unless you just watch him on film and say, I don't know if he's as good as some of these other guys. And he was in a great situation. So uh, I operated uh, under the assumption that all four guys or those guys would be gone. But I think you can certainly make a case that Jefferson has a chance to be there. But didn't you have the Eagles moving up for Jefferson in your in your uh Oh Run yeah, that, in that one I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. but now so, I got So, but is that what you have for this or not? No, that that was more for the jokes. This is the final on the record. This oh, is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So, what did you do for this one? Don't tell us who the pick is, but did you have them staying moving up or moving down? Oh, are we getting right into it? Are we going over our mock drafts? Zach's, no, we're not. We're, are we we're going not over going through pick pick not not pick okay. for pick, but in the first round I think we should talk about the first round scenarios. Okay, uh, I had them staying at 21. Uh, I, I did mm. actually, I did a completely chalk mock draft in terms of I didn't put any trades in it um, because... Yeah, that's I what th- I did as well. Only be, I, not, mm. not, not, not that that would be wrong. I, you know, I, th- I think if you're going to, you know, predict a trade, it should probably... If you want to do one in the first round, that's fine. Overall, I felt like they were going to have seven or eight picks. So I figured it's kind of what's the point of me uh, shuffling around in the second and third and fourth rounds. Uh, I think there's a chance. Uh, I Ultimately, it came down to I thought, you know what? It's said to be such a deep wide receiver class. They've talked so much about volume. I'm going to choose to believe them here and say that, you know, they're either going to sit at 21, draft a wide receiver, uh, or they're going to uh, trade back, that they're not going to get aggressive, give up picks and say, hey, we know that this guy's going to be better uh, than the other guys type deal. So then I am the only one who had a trade because I have them uh, moving down because I have oh, Jefferson moving down. going. I have them moving down. I, now, I said before, while you were gone, I said to Zach, if I was putting turkeys on the different scenarios, I think the most likely thing to happen is them doing a very small trade up for Justin Jefferson after Ruggs comes off the board. But in the scenario that I sort of mocked out, he was he was gone. And so they decide to to uh, parachute down. 
and I have him going down to uh, all the way down to 30, which is very dangerous, and it does not work out very well. But then I have them being ready to move up in, in round two because, as Zach said, I think they will they will do the opposite in round two of what they do in round one if they if they move off twenty one. So that's the you've got the the Packers right there at uh, is that who oh, they're trading? So, uh, yes, the Packers who have who who as you have pointed out have moved up uh, in each of the last two first rounds. Yeah, and it would be uh, Jimmy Kemsky pointed out to me though that they have not taken an offensive player. In the first round, I think in the last eight drafts. Now, you know, it's just been the last two with this uh, with this general manager. But uh, you know, they would almost. I feel like if they're moving up to twenty one, then it's for uh, one of the other wide receivers, whether it's Mims or Ayuk or Rager or whoever uh, it would be. So that that certainly would be interesting. I think when we did Turkeys to the Kingdom, I went big on a trade up, and I still could. I still certainly could see that. I just didn't uh, predict that in my mock draft. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we get into the Owl You Know draft then, in which we draft the uh, players we think the who the, we think the Eagles are likeliest to select at any point over the seven rounds of the draft. And if you uh, mention the player that you have in your first round, then I think you can maybe give that away. We're not giving away the whole mock drafts to to our subscribers if if we say uh, who you have in the first round. So. Uh, Sheil, why don't you, uh, why don't you go first since you are, uh, who knows if you'll be able to even finish this draft. <laughs> oh, you really want me to go first? That's a lot of pressure. Uh, All right. Why don't you and, why don't you and Sheil do a, uh, or you and Zach do a one, two, three rock, paper, scissors. No, and whoever no, that's wins, a, Zach gets to go first. Zach, I, I want Zach to go first. I don't have a great, unless Zach doesn't <laughs> want to go first. I'll go first. I don't care. Go, I'll go okay, first. Okay, go, go, yeah, go. You go first. I, yeah, go I don't first. have anyone good. All right, I'm taking I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I think that is the oh. the, like, the the number one likeliest thing. So I will take Justin Jefferson. Okay, he is not who I have them taking, obviously, but but I think that is the likeliest scenario. Okay, Burma, what you got? So you, so you didn't even take the guy you had on on your mock draft. Yeah, yeah, I, you I, don't I, have I, to. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's no rules. This um, it gets crazy <laughs> in this exercise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've got, tw- so we're, we're going Jeff- eight rounds. I've got, I should just say, I should have just had 24 wide receivers, but go ahead. So just, just to clarify, <laughs> yes. I don't know if you just explained this or not, but we are drafting players who we think the Eagles are most likely to take. So at the, how, how does this work? Bo, it's just whoever, if somebody and gets so, the most, they win. Correct. Okay. And it's unlikely that we're, anyone is going to get more than one or two players. Yeah, so, uh, the truth is, no, no, this is the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker goes to the player who was drafted the lowest because that is a more difficult guess. Oh, I like this. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Zach. Okay. So, uh, Jeff- so I, I was going to go Jefferson. Um, I will go. I don't have the Eagles picking this guy, and I, I don't think this is going to be their pick at, at 21, but I'll kind of protect myself for a trade down scenario or, or perhaps even this guy slipping. Uh, into the second round, and I'll go Brandon Ayuk uh, for that reason. Nice, very nice. Just a, as an insurance play here, I like an Ayuk. Okay, uh, now going through this and these, having these conversations, you know, talking to Dane and Fran and uh, doing all this draft stuff in the last couple of weeks, like I can't even envision a scenario where they don't draft a wide receiver with their first pick. I mean, is that just because that's all we've been talking about? But I, I really don't think they can afford to for all the reasons we've said. They they have no 
flexibility to not do that unless they have some veteran wide receiver lined up that we don't know about. Also, if if you do these um, mock draft simulators that you find on whether it's Pro Football Focus or the Draft Network or on the clock, and you you just do it as an exercise, you see it's hard to to have some of these wide receivers slip to you in the second round. Um, like, and I, I think Bo has made this point. There could be a run on on that group in the first fifteen or so picks in the in the second round, and then you're left like what the Eagles were at running back in 2017, where they thought they were going to uh, to get Dalvin Cook, they didn't, and then they were scrambling the rest of the draft. Can I tell you, I have eight wide receivers going in the first round. Okay. That would be the uh, the over. I forget what the over-under was for that. I think it was six and a half, I want to say. Six and a half, I would guess, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they cannot, they cannot afford to expect that somebody worthwhile is going to be there at 53. I, if they don't take a receiver in the first round, they have to be willing to trade up in round two. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, usually this is like the absolute wrong way to look at it. When you go into a draft thinking the team has to draft this position in the first round, it's almost never the case. And, you know, that there's always uh, you're not drafting for one year. You don't want to reach all those different things. Uh, this really does feel like the exception. We could be wrong. You know, they could come away with a corner or a defensive end or a safety and we all look uh, look dumb. But just going through this exercise, it's been so tough for me. All right. Uh, I will go with the guy who I have uh, them taking at 21. Uh, I have them sticking there and taking my boy. TCU's mm. Jalen Rager, you saw uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network with a little uh, tweet out saying, I talked to GMs and here are guys who are going to go in the first round uh, that maybe aren't always mocked there. And uh, Rager was certainly on that list. I mean, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I had him above Jefferson. So if you're making the case that you could justify the 21st pick with Jefferson, I certainly think you could justify it with uh, Jalen Rager. I like him a lot. I would uh, I would be on board uh, with that pick. I think it would be a good move. Not that he's a perfect prospect. He could bust all those different types of things. But uh, I think you can certainly justify taking him at 21. That is who I have them taking at 30. Oh, okay. Well. So there you go. That would be better. Which I think would be, uh, <laughs> that would be, well, <laughs> I guess that would be better, but certainly they, they would have to be, they get lucky because there are two receivers taken between uh, 21 and 30 in, in my uh, scenario. Anyway, uh, you get to go again. Oh, baby, I get to go again. Oh, who should I go with here? Uh, should I go with who I mocked them to in the second? Should I go with somebody who I... Felt like uh, screamed out Eagles, Eagle to me. Should I try to go later in the draft for the tie break? I'll go a little later. Let's uh, let's gamble a little Ooh. bit here. Uh, we're here to, we're here to. Uh, or, or should I go with the first? <laughs> all right, I'll go fourth. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, a guy uh, who I who I thought screamed out a potential Eagle to me, and that was Clemson safety Kayvon Wallace. What do you think? Oh, of, interesting. What do you think? Good of, pick. What do you th- What do you think about Kayvon I mean, Wallace? 
I think he does uh, scream Eagles to me a little bit, and I believe they met with him at the Combine, but um, I think that's a reach as the fourth overall pick really? in the L, you know, draft. Listen, you got you to gotta gamble. So uh, for those who don't know who this person is, uh, Clemson Safety has experience playing corner, nickel, and safety, started 36 games for them, a uh, little bit undersized, 5'11", uh, 206, not, you know, not nothing to be alarmed about, uh, but he tested really well uh athletic man wins yeah he tested really well athletically so versatility athleticism they can tell us all about their positionless players and uh you know who knows it's not like i put together an actual board for this exercise so i'm just looking at this big spreadsheet and uh throwing darts yeah joe douglas would have loved that pick Uh, joe douglas would have loved that pick he's from uh, he's from Highland Springs, Virginia, Kayvon Wallace, which is in the Richmond area, which is Joe Douglas has an affinity for players from the Richmond area. Oh, I'm, so, I'm glad you uh, explained that. I had no idea why Joe Douglas like would have liked that pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he would have liked that one. Okay. Uh, so I am, uh, I'm up here, and I'm I'm also going to go with a middle round pick. And I'm going to go with Davion Taylor uh, oh, from Colorado. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so this is a he's he's fast and and really that's that's the calling card there. That's the appeal. Four four nine forty. Yeah, when you watch him, uh, he's he's just all over the place. As Dane Brugler says, I, I believe Dane Brugler said this: more athlete than football player at this point. And I I think that at a it's been an, a, it's been a big offseason emphasis for the Eagles to get faster. Uh, he helps you there, and I think he's someone who, at at the very least, can can have special teams value for you, and then you develop him over time. But they need speed at linebacker, and uh, he's an intriguing player. And also, there was a report. I want to give proper credit, but I don't have it offhand that he visited the Eagles uh, at the Novacare Complex before kind of the the shutdown of in-person visits started. So the Eagles were able to meet with him in person. And he has a fascinating backstory. Uh, didn't really play high school football because of his religious beliefs that kept him from playing uh, football on, uh, I, I guess, from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday or or, the, or thereabouts. So uh, interesting uh, backstory. I think, the rel- interesting I, I, I think the beliefs are actually include the phrase or thereabouts. I think it's uh, pretty loose. <laughs> I don't think so. I think if it was pretty loose, he would have played high school football probably. No, yeah, that was fascinating. I, I knew nothing about that, Zach, until I uh, I read that uh, today. And I did have him here uh, on my list. I would say both those guys, Zach and I just mentioned, would, what would you say, maybe fourth roundish type picks? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yep, that's my yes. Fourth or fifth round, I'd say, for both of those guys. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, you guys are leaving the uh, the top open for me, so I, I'm going to just go up and grab it. Uh, I will take I will take Henry Ruggs mm. in case he falls, uh, or in case there. he falls into range. I think the Eagles would certainly love to uh, do a little small trade up, and then I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go for the big one too. Uh, give give me all the receivers. I'm going to take Jerry Judy. Hmm. Okay. This this was the you know when I did give this 10 seconds of thought earlier, this is the best strategy 
uh, is to go for the big boys first. But uh, you know what? Sometimes you just go with your gut. You forget the board, and um, you know you, you hear that. Oh, I'm to certainly that voice. I'm certainly looking forward to my picks in rounds six, seven, and eight more than these. But I'm also you know you play to win the game. Okay. Uh, all right. So yeah. So I, I I yeah. So I'm I'm up. This is my first time playing this game, and <laughs> as I as I heard Bo as I heard Bo give those answers. I said uh, that's a better way of playing it than going with Davion Taylor in the second round. Well, because we know uh, that like yes. they're going to get a receiver yes, at some exactly. point, right? Yeah. So based on that, then I'll go C.D. Land just so yeah, I can go cover for it. the I bases like there. Yeah, just you know, a, a, a big time trade up. Uh, you you land, you know, a, a special type of talent. So 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 give me C.D. Lamb. Okay. Uh, well, I guess if everyone's doing it, I better uh, mm. I, I better follow suit here, and I will go with uh, my other boy, KJ Hamler. Mm. You know, maybe uh, top what, seven guys on my big board, all off the board. What do you think? Will KJ Hamler be there at number fifty three? No, but but there's definitely a chance. I don't he think will. So. But there's definitely a chance. There's a chance. Brugler had him at fifty five. Going off the board. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think he'll be there, but that, you know, I think speed. I think speed doesn't usually fall. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think that. T- tell me what what would you like better? Uh, let's say there is a. Well, no, straight up. Would you rather have Jerry Judy or Justin Jefferson and KJ Hamler? Ooh. Well, now you're getting into my mock here. I'll just give away this pick. I had him getting Rager oh. and going Rager Hamler first two rounds. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's very possible Ooh, okay. that they do that. But Rager Hamler is a weird combination because now you've got nothing but small, fast guys. Okay, Rager's five foot eleven. He's the small what they want guy. It's yeah. that's totally five you know, foot eleven. That's I mean, fu- for, yeah. for, it's fine. What is that? What do you need, Jerry? You when you five foot eleven is plenty tall. It's fine. It's plenty tall. But if he's the tallest receiver on the field, that's a little bit odd. I I completely disagree. All right. Yeah, five foot eleven. I mean, Hamler is. Have you seen the way that Doug Peterson likes to play football? Well. Well, I've seen the with the players he's been handed. Yes, I have. Uh, okay, I, right. I have uh, seen that. I mean, Hamler for sure. You know, the size thing is going to be an issue. But man, give me some, uh, give me some Rager, Hamler. You know, you can throw Deshaun or uh, or think of Whiteside on the other side. You give Rager. Me a, I've never even, I've never even Hamler yet. Give me a, give me a tight end. So, uh, you know, because I was thinking about the wide receivers, and it's like. This isn't just an immediate need. I mean, look at 2021. No. Who's going to be who is going to be their starting wide receiver in 2021? Like there's nobody on the roster right now that you could feel comfortable about that person being a starter that year. Wait, so, what about Big Bob? So, like I said, so I I, <laughs> I like this uh, would not surprise and I just look at it. Listen, Howie Roseman is not a dumb person and they went into this offseason and they did not do anything in free agency. They did not make any trades at wide receiver. He knows how important it is. I mean, he was he was groomed under, you know, the, the Joe Banner, Andy Reid. We were having these discussions when I was in high school about Donovan McNabb not having anybody to throw the football to. And it's just like deja vu again for Eagles fans, where if this was going to be your strategy, then I think you're aggressively just targeting guys left, right, everywhere, and you're coming out of this bad boy with uh, multiple wide receivers early. 
Okay. Do I? I think a double dip. I think a double dip wide receiver first and second round is definitely on the table. It's what I'm glad that you did it because I almost did it and then uh, backed off doing it. So I'm glad that you did it. Okay. Do I? Do I have to go again here? Is it uh, the, you do the old snake again, yes. draft? Oh, okay. Let's see. Who else do I like here? Hmm. I kind of like that guy a little bit. Uh, this guy was calling my name. Which way should I go? All right. I will go with. Uh, Let's let's go with the uh, fight, fight, fight for the cherry and the white, Matt mm. Matt Hennessy. Oh, interior offensive lineman. He's he's. I could see him ending up with the Eagles. No. Yeah, I mean, we're, so we're talking about we're talking about uh, an interior offensive lineman yeah. who uh, some would rank as the best of the group. Some would rank third or fourth. But you're talking about a second, uh, maybe third round pick. I think he sort of fits a little bit. The one thing I will say is, is I think that the uh, the focus on interior offensive linemen is a bit misguided. Not that they wouldn't do that, but uh, that that's all they're looking at. I think if there is a guy who is a tackle first, but maybe sl- you know can transition to guard, I think they're just as happy with that because that's the flexibility that Isaac Sayamala provides them. If if he can play center, then they can draft someone who can play guard. Yeah, I think that's. Uh... I think that's probably right. Hennessy, uh, 36 starts at uh, at Temple, allowed one sack in three years. I think that was per Dane, per Dane Brugler. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, toughness, work ethic, all those O-line intangibles that uh, coaches like. He has the size to play guard, six foot four. 307, although I will say I, I did not have him in my uh, mock, which you can read on The Athletic by the time you listen to this. But because, Bo, your piece today made me think, you know what? For offensive line, just save those bad boys for day three. You got a good track record. I agree. Howie's got an excellent track record with the day three O-line picks. Why uh, Why try to force it early? I totally agree. Uh, unless it's uh, unless it's. Uh... I mean, third round, like a, a third round tackle, is something that would make sense. But they, but uh, he has it's it's his best track record is is offensive line. So I agree with that. Before we move on, let's talk about the Black Tux. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys? who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine. It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible. Unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween, we felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings you your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel it, feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code BIRDS. That's blacktux.com, code BIRDS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Burmo. Uh, so I'm up here and... I will continue playing the receiver game. 
Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll go the top of the board receivers just to, just to cover the bases and we'll smart, go Denzel Mims. Even though I, I was, um, or I'm of the opinion, I believe Shield said it in the last podcast that there's been a lot of good PR for Mims. Maybe the, the public is more into him than the teams are. Uh, when you have that, that size speed profile, you're not going to drop too far. And clearly, as as he said to anyone who's willing to interview him, the Eagles have, <laughs> have shown interest. So, but he's uh, but so he, I, but he I, I will the go people of Philadelphia were scary. What did you make? That, of that? was a weird <laughs> clip. That was a very strange clip. I yeah. mean, it's not going to determine whether it sounded I to me, him or not. But I, what was he talking about? It sounded to me like he was referring to Temple. Oh, did he play? Why? Did he play at Temple? Or no, because he was talking about Matt Rule. He was saying, uh, I, I, "I would have to pull that up. I, <laughs> I could be wrong there. There was, it was a, weird but there was a clip. reference yeah, to was. there was a reference to uh, Matt Rule. Um, yeah, that was in an interview so, with uh, Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan, right? He, he was talking to in that. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. That was uh, um, uh, so. I, I saw it like totally out of context. Context and was like, "What is uh, what is going on here?" It was weird. Okay, yeah. So he he Philly with Matt Rule. Um, I, I went with a couple teammates and my head coach. Uh, so I I don't know what the um, what the context of him going there with Matt Rule was, but uh, I imagine that they were probably around Temple if it was if it was Matt Rule, maybe going to his old stomping grounds. So that's how I interpret it when I read the Matt Rule part of it. Okay. There you go. Who knows? Uh, yeah, all right. We're, we're really dissecting it. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a red flag answer. Uh, all right. I'm going to give you my first non-receiver pick. And this is a mid-round pass rusher hmm. who uh, screams Eagles to me. And that is Jonathan Greenard from Florida, who uh, transferred from Louisville. And mm-hmm. uh, was a uh, had nine and a half sacks for Florida last year. You know how he's always linked to those Florida guys. I think that's probably overstated, but uh, body wise, profile wise, he looks to me like the kind of player who the Eagles uh, will be interested in. And I think that they would like to draft a defensive end in the second or third round, and then probably forget about it if they don't get buddy get anybody on day two. Yep, he was on my uh, on my big spreadsheet as a a poss- <coughs> possibility. Sorry, what did you you think that would be like a, a third rounder type guy? I think so. Okay, yeah, I think so. Uh, and then maybe even if they trade down in round two. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, after that, I'm going to go. Uh, you know, I'll take another receiver. I'll take. I'll do this one just for uh, for old Burmy over there, and uh, maybe uh, maybe a second round trade up for uh, a bit of a uh, bit of a thick Tavon Austin. I'll take LaVisca Chenault. Wow, you're taking Chenault. Wow. Look at you. I did not see that coming. Yeah, yeah well. I, 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 I'd, I'd be surprised based on the injury red flags. Uh, I mean, that's why I've, I've, uh, I've read a lot with them on, on Terrell Lewis, and I, I just wonder, like, that would be against everything Howie's talking about in terms of health, you know. I think that's right. So, uh to me this would be this would be a double dip. This would be if they okay. took a a uh, a Jefferson or a Rager and then really wanted to attack the position. Okay. Uh so I'm up here and I'm I'm going a little later on, middle round, and I'm going Dane Jackson, the mm. cornerback from Pittsburgh. 
who just screams like a Jim Schwartz cornerback. The way he plays. Uh, now he's 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 from Western Pennsylvania, which is Andy Wydell loves those those Western PA guys. Not I keep those. saying Andy Wydell. It's it's Andy Wydell, Wydell, right? I do that too. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit yes. of a Corey Clement uh, situation. Yes, um, it, uh, loves those uh, Western PA guys, uh, and I believe Bo wrote at the Senior Bowl that he had a little Jalen Mills in him. Is 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 that accurate? Did, that did, is accurate. You write that? That is yes. accurate, and uh, I will tell you that uh, I, I believe you have him in your mock draft. Is that right? Yes, yes, and I do. And I have him in mine as well. Mm. Okay, yeah. So now, if they go cornerback in the second round, I, I don't think they're double dipping on on cornerback un- unless they have a great volume of pick. They, I just don't think they have enough roster spots. Uh, that being said, if they go other positions in the first three rounds, I would definitely watch out for a Dane Jackson. In the fourth or fifth, round. this is a this is a player who is not the fastest cornerback, but he is feisty, yep. uh, competitive, and can tackle. Very good. All right, I'm up. Uh, let's stick with the secondary. I will go with uh, a safety here. Who again? Listen, it's all positionless football. It's one one position. Eagles next year. Uh, every everywhere you look, and this guy, Terrell Burgess from Utah. Ooh. Um, you like a Terrell Burgess or you don't like a Terrell Burgess? What was that? I don't about? love him, but I do. Oh, uh, I don't love him, but baby. I think. But I think. I think that he is. Uh, I think the Eagles will like him. Okay. The thing about Terrell Burgess is he plays on that West Coast, and you know most of the league's not paying attention. That's what I'm saying. So that you know he could slip, and then they just sit there and scoop him up. Uh, five foot eleven. Uh, 202, ran a 446, plus athlete. Uh, a lot of these notes are from Dane Brugler's uh, draft guide. High football IQ, high character, uh, shifted from nickel to safety. He described him as a, a Darnell Savage, but not as athletic. And so uh, I, I think last year I thought Darnell Savage, who the Packers ended up taking, was somebody who the Eagles uh, might have been interested in. And so I will uh, give them the... Uh, less athletic Darnell uh, Darnell Savage in Terrell Burgess, and that would be maybe like a uh, third third round pick, probably. Yeah, that's about right. Maybe maybe another move down in round two, something like that. Okay, and then I have to uh, I get to go again here. How many more picks do I have? This will, oh, this will be pick number Three six. More. This is flying by. All right, uh, I'll go with. Uh, and this is a good time to bring up the conversation. So uh, the feedback we got about the official wide receiver of Birds with Friends, I mm. I thought people, uh, you know, there was varying opinion, but I thought for the most part it was you cannot make Jerry Judy. The official wide receiver of Birds with Friends. Uh, so I will we certainly cannot. So I will go ahead and make the case that you know this should be the guy, and that's Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. I'll take him as a oh, mid man. a mid round option uh, for the Eagles. And I listen. We all had him as a guy who we liked when we you know researched him and watched him. It's not a high hit rate. People know that you're picking a guy in the fourth or fifth round. It's not a high hit rate. But if we all liked what we saw. I think we got to go with it, and I'll give you a little, little, another little nugget. I got him going in my mock draft. Also, I got him taking three wide receivers in the first four rounds. They come out of this bad boy with Jalen Rager, KJ Hamler, and Tyler Johnson. I know that doesn't make a ton of sense with two guys who are best suited for the slot, but I think they might go huge on wide receiver here. Well, let me tell you that <laughs> Tyler Johnson. I don't have him in my mock. <laughs> 
But Tyler Johnson is in the bucket of guys who did not run fast and are seniors, but were productive, which is not a great success rate for first and second round picks. But it is the one bucket in which there are the most late round hits who are not uh, who, who are from big schools, if that makes sense. So the there are five late round hits who are just productive. Kenny Galladay, Michael Gallup, Eric Decker, Alan Hearns, and Cooper Cup. Uh, he's not Cooper Cup. That's a different profile. But uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna go beyond the first round, I like uh, I like a, I like probably twenty receivers in this draft more than Tyler Johnson. But I, we all like him. I could be talked into it. Zipperm, it sounds yeah, like you got on. All right, yeah. there it is. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, put me on the, on, the, on the Tyler Johnson board. Wide receiver of Birds with Friends. <laughs> For 2020, let's not let's not give him perpetuity. This is uh, uh, this, we are. I guarantee we are going to regret that within nine months. Well, yeah, well, maybe more than that if there's no football. Well, listen, I would have gone with the Rager. So for my you pick, go with the Rager. <laughs> go ahead. I I like Jalen Rager too. Yeah. Uh, for for my pick here, it's another wide receiver that we all like, and that's Devin Duvernay. And the reason I'm I'm, I'm saying Duvernay uh, for the double dip pick is because speed is going to be an emphasis, and there aren't that many guys who 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 run the sub four four. Uh, Duvernay is one of them. Had a lot of production, obviously a hundred plus catches. Now a lot of them were screens, short passes, things of that nature, but still caught and ran. And even if he's more of a slot. I just think that the speed, uh, he has a good frame too. You know, he's, 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 he's built fairly well. I, I think that's a guy who they could be interested in, in the second receiver situation. I like a Duvernay. I, I thought he, yeah, I thought he looked a little Golden Tate-ish to me, like the best version of him. Uh, maybe some version of, uh, of sounds Golden like a third Tate. round pick. So, well, might, might go in the fourth. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, I will take my fast receiver of choice, and that is my guy, Quez Watkins, mm. who uh, not only is fast, but is also an underclassman and productive, uh, which doesn't necessarily matter for a late-round pick, but uh, I like a Quez Watkins. So uh, if the Eagles if the Eagles maybe move up for a guy and then don't take a receiver in day two to double dip, Quez Watkins makes sense in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, and then I'm going to take my real uh, long-shot pick for the end of the draft, and that is a, a local product who was on Zach's list of the top 10 local guys today. And you have to love the possibility of the Eagles drafting a guy named Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley, the Temple linebacker who brings a lot of speed. If you're looking to add speed to the defense, uh, you know, probably more of a special teamer than anything else. We're talking about a sixth, seventh round pick. But uh, Sean Bradley liked the cut of his jib. I can't believe I took Matt Hennessy that early. Man, that was a – what a pick. Mm. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, that just Zach, off to you. Yeah, so for my pick here, I'm debating whether they go with a first-round edge rusher just to be safe. But I, I'm actually going to go with a second-round edge rusher, and this is a guy who I had mocked to the Eagles, and it's probably a little early for him. Or maybe. I, I shouldn't say probably. Maybe. A little earlier for him. But I'm going Curtis Weaver from Boise State. And I mentioned that because when you watch him play, there's there's a lot of Derek Barnett in his game. 
and he has a similar uh, production profile. I mean, 30 plus sacks in three years at Boise State uh, did not run, but is is not considered athletically gifted. Uh, and he he has kind of that that Brandon Graham type body, but just really productive sacks translate. I, I believe the Eagles believe that. And I think he's someone who, especially if the Eagles trade back in the second round, uh, could really fit. For the reasons that Bo was mentioning with Jonathan Grenard, is it is it Greenard or or is it Grenard? Great question. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's, two it's, it's, gri- it's no, it's in it's in it's in Dane's uh, thing. It's Grenard. Oh, all right. It's Grenard. Okay, yeah. So as I I believe one thing you that, definitely do not want to come down with is a case of the Green Nards. <laughs> yes. I know that's right. Uh, <laughs> I I believe they're they're going to want to address edge rusher, and the reality is I, I I'm not really overwhelmed with this edge rushing class, and especially like it really dips. And I'm not even saying Weaver is like this can't miss player, but I think if you're talking about a middle round edge rusher, you're probably just going to get what you already have on your roster right now. And which is a bunch of middle round edge rushers, which is your Sharif Millers, Jannard Averys, Deshaun Hall types. Uh, I guess we can throw Josh Sweat in there. He's he's done a little more though. And Don't forget about Il Ostino. Il Ostino. Il Ostino, Joe, Joe Ostman. Oh yes, well he's even he's not even middle round. He's he's undrafted. <laughs> I had no uh, idea who you were talking yes. about. <laughs> So, As usual. so yeah, yeah. So I think a uh, a first or second round investment on a guy who profiles as a potential starter for you, uh, n- not just a rotational guy, but a potential starter. I think Weaver can be that type of player. Uh, so I I like Weaver maybe more than um, I guess some of the draft analysts seem to. Now the 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 analytical community, or uh, they re- they really like him, and, and, and rightfully so, he was really productive. Uh, so, uh, in any event, I I'm going Curtis Weaver. All right, I got to finish it out here, huh? With my uh, final two picks, I've had a terrible draft. I have zero chance of winning this. <laughs> I mean, there might be like investigations into whether I threw this draft uh, and I'm taking money on the side. So because of that, I'm going to go with big swings on day three, where you know maybe I get lucky on one and I win on account of a, of a tie break. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about you know take those offensive linemen. You can wait, uh, take some swings there on day three, see who Jeff Stoutland likes. And so I'm going to go with a pair of offensive linemen. Very exciting here to uh, to finish this out. The first one is Keith Ismail. Mm, I like a Keith Ishmael. Oh, good. You know what call was funny? Call me Ishmael. You know what's funny about this exercise is like all these guys who I hadn't heard their names uh, since like you did the, like a, a podcast with Tony Pauline in like January. Correct. Like there was that what's the one guy's name? Calvin Throckmorton. Is that? A, did I yes. That? Oh yeah. The thro- uh, the, yeah. The Throckmorton effect. Yeah. I distinctly remember like you guys. Shout out to all him. of our, uh, our our doctor listeners. And me being like, all right, you know, this is a little bit too much draft information for me in January. But now it all came <laughs> full full, uh, full circle. So uh, Keith Ishmael, uh, six foot three, three oh nine, started thirty seven games at San Diego State, uh, twenty seven at center, 
10 at right guard. By the way, shout out, another shout out to Dane Brugler. I love that he has that in the draft guide. How many starts they yes. had at each offensive line position. I don't think you can find, I don't know if you yep. can find that anywhere else. I don't know anywhere else to find that. So, uh, that is very After the after helpful. the ages, I would I would argue the second most uh important or at least my my second favorite part of the of the beast is is that. Uh, I already I respected Dane quite a bit. And and yeah. and then when I when we were talking to him and he said that he researches the mother's Twitter pages to find <laughs> yeah. out when they said oh happy birthday. God. To me, that's like teach that in, in reporting class. That that was impressive. Uh, I I kind of like the when he when he like so he has every person's backstory and some of them are like pretty intense personal details. But you know he's not writing like a feature story. He's just trying to get in right. and out of it. So it's you know it's like so and so's prospect. Uh, started at Garden Center, killed seven people, uh, attested well at the combine. <laughs> you're like, what? your eyes go. Uh, mother back. is a <laughs> mother. Is, mother is a city councilman, like yeah. councilwoman. Like, yeah, yeah. Dad is Barack Obama. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just also played baseball in high school. You're like going back yeah, right. and forth on it. So uh, I do very much enjoy that. But uh, Ishmael, uh, plus athlete. Uh, Brugler praised him for its intelligence and uh, toughness. And so he's got that positional versatility where he's played center and guard. I thought he was someone you could maybe work with there on day three. And uh, maybe he turns into something as you look for uh, options for whenever uh, Jason Kelsey retires. And then also, uh, I'll go with another I like an Ishmael. Uh, quickly, qu- quickly on Ishmael. Okay. I like an Ishmael. He was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he oh. did very well on the... Uh, Etiquette questions this year, fast driver, but he's not, he's not a great athlete, but that's all I'll say. Okay. Well, he, te- he tested above average. Like his 40 on, was like, pretty, his 40 was spark or whatever. Okay. His 40 was so, pretty weak, but okay. Go. Okay. Well, he's not going to have to run 40 yards downfield. Uh, my second offensive lineman is Jack Driscoll, the offensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh, Driscoll began his career at UMass, transferred to Auburn for the final two seasons, started 25 games at right tackle, uh, previously had some experience playing left guard. He also tested above average, uh, athletically. And I thought maybe he could be, uh, maybe he could be an option in like the sixth round. Was that nine players for Shield? No, that was his eighth. No, that was my eighth. Yep. Oh, that was yours. Okay. Uh, you're up, Zach. Okay, I, okay. I I thought I had picked eight already. So then, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Welcome to my um, world. Yes, I I guess uh, I guess I will protect myself with a first round edge rusher, and I will go with uh, Kevon Chason, uh, or or Kelevon Chason. Yeah, Kelevon Chason, um, who I don't anticipate being there at twenty, but if he's there at twenty, I think they have a. Uh, a decision to make. So I'm going with uh, Chase on for the reasons we discussed on our last podcast. Fair enough. Uh, I will close it out with the uh, Mr. Relevant for the 24th player who we think the Eagles might select. And uh, I will go with a player who I had penciled in, in my mock draft and then scratched him out at the last second. This is a player who the Eagles brought in for a pre-draft visit. Not necessarily the, Profile you would think they would go for. Uh, this is a player who had some off-field questions at LSU, but the Eagles trying to do some due diligence. I think he would make sense, though, 
in the third or fourth round if he slides because he can sort of fill that left guard spot if you want to move Siamalo over. He needs a little bit of development. You get him under Jeff Stoutland. And that is Sadiq Charles from LSU, who was the left tackle for the Tigers, but uh, probably projects as a guard at the next level. Good athlete, great tools. Some, uh, you know, I think he smoked a little bit of weed as a 20-year-old. What's the big deal? <laughs> wow, that's interesting. M- yeah, multiple failed drug tests, six-game suspension in 2019. Uh, that's interesting. You th- okay, so yeah, that's probably why they did their, uh, they're doing their due diligence. You know, maybe he slides, and if you get him on uh, day three, you get a little value there, and uh, you teach him how to uh, mask those bad boys a little better in the NFL. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not usually the the profile they would go for as an offensive lineman. They want guys who've started a lot and are sort of high character guys, but uh, they brought him in, so I'll throw a dart. Uh, all right, why don't we get to uh, your bird line, Zach? Yes, I enjoy doing these. Um, now we can do quick hitters. You said that you delivered I... that you delivered that in a very um, Andre Brower and Brooklyn Nine Nine fashion. Very droll. What's the I enjoyed. At? I enjoyed doing these. Yeah. Like. So, <laughs> so this is in in lieu of us giving our team by team mock draft. So what I I wanted to do was really get a representative sample of the first round, so we can get discussion points on some of these big topics here. Uh, so let's Perfect. let's start at the top. Second quarterback taken over under uh, three and a half. So pick three and a half. Over or under? So, in, in essence, what you're saying is a team trading up the number three to take a a, a quarterback. I like this one. Uh, I will. I will just go down the line with what I have in mind, and I have uh, I have Tua going third, and I have the Jaguars moving up to get him. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why not have a little bit of fun? I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. Why not have him go third? Uh, I will also take the over. I, I don't feel like... You mean the great. under? The under, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, I will I will take the under. I, I agree. I think somebody is going to trade up to three. I'm still not ruling. You know, it's been like for two years, it feels like the Dolphins have just been plotting to get him. Now, I know it's been challenging with all the medical stuff, but I just feel like, you know, if that was their plan all along, maybe they got enough information and that uh, they are still the most likely candidate to jump up from five to three and to take him. I guess you can't rule out uh, the Dolphins or the Chargers trading up to three and uh, taking Herbert. Uh, you, you never know. So, uh, But I do think someone trades up in there, and uh, I will take the under. I'm going the over here. I, oh. I think hmm. that, yeah, I think the Lions are going to have to draft. Really? You're gonna think you're gonna take uh, Akuda or Derek Brown? I I I think Derek Brown, but that would be a great Patricia draft. Taking a run stuffing defensive tackle third overall and not moving back to do it. That's that's good business. I could 100 percent see that. By the way, (laughs) Derek Brown didn't even play for the Patriots at any point. Well, I, you know, I had a joke that I, uh, that I didn't use that I was going to use about like the, the, you know, Lions make their pick, the Patriots then make their pick. And then there's an immediate trade where the Lions just trade the guy they took at three for whoever the Patriots took. And like, uh, you know, and and Patricia gets up at his press conference and it's like, you know, I really like this guy in, uh, New England and a reporter's like, he, he hasn't even played a game in New England yet. And then uh, Patricia just tells the guy to tuck his shirt in and ends the press conference. 
It's pretty good. Yeah, I, maybe I, I was thinking about doing a. I was thinking about doing a first round mock and with uh, with jokes, and you took all the good jokes. There was no reason to do it. Well, so maybe I maybe I can use that in my uh, post post first round thing. We'll see. All right. Uh, so so on the topic of Tua, pick six and a half over or under there. So are are you buying the Tua slide and a potential slide to the Patriots? Or do you think he gets gobbled? I, so this I, I is guess a, both of you guys have. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. No, this is a good line because I think um, I think he goes between three or five, or he does slide a long way. Uh, so because I have it, I will say the under. But I do think it's possible he goes pretty far relative to expectations. And I want to I want to put a stamp on bragging rights for if the New Orleans Saints trade up to draft Tua. I like that. That would be interesting and very. It would be. It wouldn't be a bad move, but it would be surprising just how they've approached the off season. You know, it's like they're all right. Bring us all your thirty and older guys who can help us win in twenty twenty. We're making one big, one more big push with Drew Brees before he's calling Notre Dame games. Uh, I wonder. That would be. I would be interested to see how he would feel if they moved up and took his. Uh, replacement as he's taking less money than some of these uh these other quarterbacks but I, I will take the under as well you know I, I do buy all the you know whatever buzz hype reporting that there are legitimate medical concerns and that there are teams that would want no part uh of Tua I think all of that is um you know accurate and on point I just keep coming back to it it just takes one team to want him whether it's the Dolphins or the Chargers or as both said the Saints or the Jaguars it just takes one team to say we're comfortable with it let's take a big swing and so uh I, I still believe he's going to go there in the top uh, five or six picks. Yes, I'm. I'm with you there. I, I am going with the under here. I think that that he's that he's going in the top six, and I just think that the risk of missing of of missing him, of missing on him, is is greater than the risk of of missing on the pick. If that makes sense. Maybe. Mm. No, yeah. it does make sense. But uh, yeah. Big big risk on both accounts, probably. Exactly. So now the the last quarterback over under. This is a uh, this is a Jordan Love one over under for for quarterbacks who go in the first round three point five three and a half. Mm. I take, I will take. Go ahead. All right. No, I, I I will go with the over. I think he's going to go in the first round. I think so too. I think at least even if even if he doesn't, I think you'll get that Lamar Jackson thing where somebody trades up to the end of the first round to get the fifth year option for the fourth quarterback. I agree, and I think there's a chance a team trades up and thins the top twenty to get him. Do you think he could go before uh Herbert or Tua? I do not, no. I have him going twenty seventh to the Los Angeles Chargers who trade up from round two mm-hmm. to take him. Oh, so they don't take a quarterback early, and then they come back and get him. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, we can skip the uh, running backs. Uh, let's let's go to the wide receiver lines. These are interesting. First wide receiver taken, Judy or Lamb? Mm. I'm going to go Lamb. I'll go Judy. The the Vegas odds are, I think, identical for uh, this one. So they are totally split on it, the market. I'm going Lamb. 
I felt better. I will say that the uh, the buckets exercise made me feel better about C.D. Lamb. That makes the, sense. The uh, first wide receiver taken in terms of the pick slot, nine and a half. So is there going to be a top ten receiver? I've been saying this all pre-draft long that uh, I think the wide receivers are going to go earlier than people expect. So I I, uh, I am honor bound to take the under. I agree with that. I, oh, I like it. Uh, I think somebody get. I don't. I don't know that it will be a team that is currently slotted to pick in the top ten. I think a team, if they see, you know, all Judy and Lamb get to nine, uh, maybe it's the Broncos, maybe it's the Eagles, maybe it's an, another team says, "I'm going to go up and get uh, and get one of those guys." So uh, I think you might be sweating it out, but I will say, uh, yes, yeah, someone gets in there at nine or ten. They're not reading Shields' first round draft rules because they because because you said don't trade up if it's not for or, or don't trade up big if it's not for a QB, correct? I did, and uh, yes. you know there's always uh, exceptions, and you don't I certainly don't want to do it every year, but uh, I think there are teams that probably wouldn't have to move up that far to do it. That piece can be found on the Athletic. Uh, as can your, uh, as can your, your Philadelphia, uh, draft top 10 guys, which we got to say just for a second is as on brand as you could possibly get. Nice job. (laughs) Fair enough. Thank you. Uh, now this question here is an Eagles related question. I think this is the one all Eagles fans want to know. Fourth wide receiver taken over under draft slot 20 and a half. Under. I've been saying it for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna go under too. I feel I don't. I feel like I'm going under on everything, but uh, I th- I think that Jefferson or there could even be a surprise, you know, uh, a Rager or a Mims or an Ayuk. Uh, I think somebody else will go there. Yeah, I'm I'm going over here. I, I think the run's <laughs> going to be on offensive linemen early. I like uh, it. Zach so thinks that everybody is just going to be linemen. very patient and play play it very nice and easy. <laughs> Yeah, these guys are so no, irrational. No, I, I just think... Uh, you know, normally they're in, like, panic mode. Now they're going to be in their houses. They can't get the internet to work. Uh, you know, they're they're out of their element. They're just going to be like, hold on, get, get me up to six. I don't care what it takes. Get, get whoever they want. So uh, it'll be fun. I, I think there's a big drop-off on the board with offensive linemen. And I think there's going to be uh, a push to get, to get tackles. And I, I actually think Brett Veach said that early on. Uh, uh, I, I think Brett Veach had a quote this week where he said that when you have this many left tackles on the board, guys are going to fall who you, who you do not expect. Actually, I have the quote in front of me. This is from James Palmer from the NFL Network. Quote, anytime you have a draft with four quarterbacks and four premium tackles, expect a lot of curveballs. I think there are going to be a lot of players that maybe the public didn't think would be there late first round. Could be. No, I don't know if that means wide receivers, but would I, I, I agree that there's going to be a, a run on offensive tackles. Uh, so that leads us to offensive tackles. The first offensive tackle, pick slot 4.5, 4.5. What do you think? Mm, does does uh, old Crocodile Gettleman 
Indiana Jew sit at number four and take a tackle? I think he does. I take the under. <laughs> do you need to get? Do you, <laughs> you need, call him? Do you need that's to what he calls up? himself. Longtime yeah. listeners know he calls himself. He says, "Look at me, I'm Indiana Jew." I was wondering if you wanted to like give a backstory or just like leave, leave that out there. But I, you assume that every person has listened to every minute it's of every bit. It's, it's one of the many mistakes that I make consistently. <laughs> I know that's right. Uh, I will say under two. I think he stays put. Uh, he's never traded back in the first three rounds of a draft. And so uh, I don't think that starts here. I think he'll probably, I would go with the Tristan Wirfs, uh, at number mm, four. For that's me. what I have as well. I agree. Uh, and also from reading Detroit reporters, it's, it sounds like don't rule them out in the offensive tackle market and that. The big money they paid Vitae might be for him to play guard. Oh, uh, so just something, to, just something to watch out for. <laughs> that is something that I That would read. be insane. <laughs> I've uh, never if, felt I don't more good that. about predicting that a team's going to be a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah. than, than I don't believe team. that, but yeah. Uh, so here you go. How many tackles in the top 20? Four and a half, over or under? I'm taking the under. I think it's going to be just four. Because I think those wide receivers are going to go instead. And you know, there's all this smoke about like Ezra Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland wants Ezra Cleveland. Uh, just <laughs> his last, last name just is Cleveland, so, yeah. I guess. But like, um, I, I, I'm sticking with the four. Uh, I'm going to go with that also. I think four. Yeah, I, I think four. Uh, I think Austin Jackson and Josh Jones are the two who could uh, jump in there. Potentially in a trade up situation too from another team. So who do you have fallen? Who's who's who are these guys guys going in the top twenty? We're going to push the receivers down for you, Zach. Well, I I have uh, Chase on. Uh, I have Xavier McKinney going. I have I have Kinlaw. Um, do you have both linebackers going? Uh, no, I do not. All right, I, I do not. Uh, so yeah, I I can I can I can pull up my draft, but uh, those are the big ones there. Um, okay. and, and you know I've I've two corners, and then yeah. So uh, defensive lineman here in the top ten, one and a half over or under, or or, or, or I'm sorry, two and a half over or under. So are you expecting uh, Chase Young, gotcha. Derek Brown, and someone else? Or uh, I have the under. I have just one. I think Derek Brown falls outside the top 10. Yeah, I'm going to go under too. I guess for that to hit the over, it would have to be uh, Young, uh, Derek Brown, and what, like Kinlaw? I guess those would be the, the three. Kinlaw or Chasen. Yeah, or Chasen. Yep. Yep. Or Chase, uh, yeah, I, will, I, I think there. I agree that there's a chance that Brown falls, and uh, I think it's unlikely that three go in the top 10. So here you go, Kinlaw and Chasen combination. Do you think uh, both are gone by pick seventeen and a half, or do you think one is, I guess, one or two is still there after pick seventeen? Mm, that's very good. I have them going sixteen and eighteen off the board, so Ooh, I will take okay. the over. So that's a good number. What a good line. I think that Ch- I don't think Chasen gets past seventeen. Uh, I think there's a, a good chance that the Cowboys could certainly take him uh, there at 17. Kinlaw is a wild card because there's uh, it seems like there's some injury issues. It seems like there's a wide range of opinion 
on where he could get taken. Uh, but I will say that both those guys go under, I will say. I would uh, I would agree. I, I have them both off the board by pick 18. Uh, linebackers, Isaiah Simmons, uh, six and a half, over or under? I'm taking the under. I have him going fifth to the Dolphins. Wow. Really? You have the Dolphins staying there and taking Simmons. So what do you have the Dolphins doing at quarterback? Anything? I have them then trading up to number 10 for Herbert. Oh, okay. So why would they just take Herbert at six? Well, well, that's like the Ravens-Lamar Jackson thing. That's what we said about (laughs) them, remember? And we're talking about like a Patriots defensive coach. The guy wants his toy. They're giving him his toy. You can move this guy all around. And then and then they go get the quarterback because they're surprised that Herbert's still there at ten because they were they were debating whether to do it or not. Okay, interesting. Okay, uh, I will say over six and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm going over two, and I'm I'm not sold on it. Um, but I don't think I don't think. Come he's on, going this is your guy, four. Zach. Stand on the I table. I love Simmons. I love Simmons. Outside of Chase Young, I'd rather have, I'd rather have him. Than anyone in this draft, I think he's special. Quarterbacks Wait, included. Quarterbacks included. Wow! And you really? know I, I, and you know I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. Well, what I mean, take. obviously I I would take a quarterback if my team didn't have a quarterback. Like you need a quarterback, you need a franchise quarterback. But if I was just putting, if I was putting my, if I was stacking my board in terms of talent, okay, he would be my number two player. I would have See, Chase Young one, Isaiah Simmons two. For me, it's Van Jefferson because you watch his feet and the way he moves. <laughs> I had this thought today. What would you, uh, what kind of offer if the Bengals called you and said, uh, we want Carson Wentz, we will trade you the first pick in the draft. Would you consider that? What else would they have to throw in for you to consider that? Uh, I kind of had that thought today. This isn't a real thing that's no. happening. Yeah. You would say 100% yeah. no to, uh, for Carson Wentz for the, for the first overall pick. What yes, if it, I, I, yeah, I don't think Burrow's like I, 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 I really like Burrow. I just the known of Carson Wentz, I would take that over Joe Burrow. Right all now. right, what if they, what if they said, well, Bo, do you agree with that? I agree. I, 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 I'm not like willing to stand on a table that I don't like Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow, but like, it's not the most perfect profile. He had one good year. It's a little bit worrisome, and he was in this like completely loaded offense. What if they offered uh, their first this year and their first next year for Carson Wentz? Uh, throw in the uh, the first pick of the second round and maybe I do it. Zach? Uh, probably not, no. Huh. Yeah, I, would str- not. I, think, I think I would strongly consider that. The first the, this year... Yeah, but this team be- is so old. Like it's not it's not built to just start from scratch again. Well, but you are getting you know you get the benefit of the Joe Burrow on the rookie deal versus the Carson Wentz on his deal. You know you can add some uh, yeah. other pieces around him. Yeah, but I not do- this off season. Like what are you, no, are you going to go go sign Clowney? Sure. You don't have Wentz anymore. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like Joe Burrow a little bit more than you guys do, then I think. I think he's going to come in and be good right away. Really good. I, I like Burrow, too. I just think there's there's such a risk there. 
So okay. if, it, if this was next year's draft, that'd be something different. Mm, um, you're, you're a big uh, Trevor Lawrence guy. Well, and Justin Fields. I'm a huge Justin Fields guy. Uh, Justin uh, Fields can, can uh, you know, exit exit stage left as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, B, I, I will run through these quickly. The third linebacker, 24 and a half. Over. The Shield. third linebacker, 24 and a half? Uh, yeah, I will go over yeah, as so, well. So Murray, Queen. Yeah, so Simmons, Murray, and Queen. Yeah, I think only two go in the first round. Really? You think you think either Queen or Murray fall out of the first round? No, no. You said the, uh, didn't you say the third linebacker? Yes. Yes, yes. Simmons. So you, so you, he's, he's counting Simmons. Yeah, oh, so Simmons you're counting Simmons as a linebacker. I see. I well, see. he plays linebacker. Yes. Well, well, some among people other have positions. Safety. Uh, yeah, then true. I'm going to take the under. Okay, you think you think three of those guys are are going in the top twenty four? Yes. Okay. No, I'll take. The, I'm, I'll I'm take going the, over. But yeah, so, I think Queen yeah. is. I think Queen maybe that you know last few picks of the first round. Uh, so four more to go here. I'm sorry, Kent. Um, cornerbacks top ten, one and a half, over or under? Over. I say C.J. Henderson goes in the top ten. Well, Falcons so are going to trade up for yeah, or no over. He's going over. Over. Yes, yeah. over, over, over. Yes, correct. Uh, okay. I will say under. I I don't think he goes in the top ten. I'm I am going under as well. Uh, uh first round cornerbacks four and a half total. I have under. I I had this in my prop bets column. Mm, look at that. Nice tee up. Uh, you can read that on the athletic. I also have under. I have under as well. Uh, and then here's our, uh, here are our two, uh, either or questions. What happens first? The Eagles make a draft pick or Xavier McKinney is selected? Ooh, I like this one. I am going to say, I'll go by my board. I'm going to, well, you know what? I'm not going to go by my board on this one. I'm going to say the Eagles pick first. I think the Eagles pick first. I think, I think McKinney goes first. Okay. And then the last one, and this is a bow special. Uh, <laughs> you have four options here. Oh, God. A, you sang Dave Gettleman, <laughs> a, Dave Gettleman trades back. B, Bill O'Brien trades into the first round. C, both happen, or D, neither happens. Ooh, I like that one. I am going to go... I'll go neither, but I'm certainly tempted to go Bill O'Brien trades in. Yeah, I'm going B, Bill O'Brien trades in. I'm going B, Bill O'Brien trades in. There you go. They give that guy so much juice. Those are bird lines tonight. Good bird lines. Uh, All right. Well, we've we've certainly held uh, Kent and our listeners hostage for quite a while. Do you guys have any other uh, draft takes that you want to get off your chest before we uh, reconvene to meet again late, late, late Thursday night, early Friday morning? No, sir. I've gotten them all out. I'll talk to Looking you late to thurs- Thursday night. Who's staying in your uh, driveway, Shield? Who you got ready to fix this <laughs> Wi-Fi issue you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the one who actually needs this, not... Uh... Whoever that was, Bob Quinn. I don't know. We'll figure. Yeah, we'll Bob do a Quinn. lot of. We'll do a lot of unplugging and replugging in over the next couple of days and hope it works out. 
All right, fair Wait, enough. So do well, you think that, that they own the Winnebago already or that they bought a Winnebago just for the, or they rented a Winnebago rather just for this? Uh, that's exercise? a great question. I bet that they rented it. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That I, I would uh, agree. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Winnebago Bob. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode uh, of Burns with Friends. For Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. We will talk to you late Thursday night. You can read our mock drafts on The Athletic, as well as all of our other draft coverage. Make sure to rate, review, download, delete, re-download, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 40% off at theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends. And, uh, you know, stay inside. Wash your hands. Wave to a uh, healthcare worker. Thanks for listening, and as always... We love Birds with friends. Birds with friends.